Welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Meet your co-hosts, Michael Evans, sci-fi thriller author of a dozen novels, and Amelia Rose, a semi-romance author that makes six figures per year in subscriptions. Together, we will help you make more money with subscriptions and succeed in the future of publishing. This is going to be a fun episode. We're talking with Natalie Knight all about how she launched her subscription to over 100 paid subscribers. Natalie Knight is a best-selling dark romance author who just a couple months ago didn't have a subscription. And when she launched her subscription back in June, literally had over 100 people subscribe right when she launched it, is now well on her way to over 200 paid subscribers. And we're going to learn all about the benefits that she offered, her tiers, her pricing, and ultimately how she was able to set up her subscription and grow. It's a really, really fun time, and I'm just excited to get into this episode. But before we officially get there, I just want to mention, just want to mention that if you haven't yet checked out the Subscriptions for Authors Summit, we'd love to have you there with us in person. It's going to be taking place May 6th and 7th in Boston. It's 2024, and we're going to have some incredible guest speakers. We're going to be announcing the guest speakers in about two months, but two days themed around the foundations of subscriptions, growing your subscription, finding discovery on different platforms and then ultimately how you can build subscriptions as part of your direct sales system it's going to be a ton of fun and i can't wait to meet so many of you so if you haven't checked that out would love to have you there would love to see you there but now we're going to get on to this episode with natalie knight i have a feeling you all are going to really enjoy it let's do this thing natalie Welcome to the Subscriptions Brothers podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. I remember I made a post in the Facebook group and I was like, who's launched their subscription and who's doing well? And you're like, me, I, you set it up on your own website and you had an amazing launch. And I was like, whoa, we're bringing you on the podcast as soon as possible. And now we're here and I'm super excited to talk with you. But before we get to your subscription and your launch and how you set it up on your own website, I first want to talk about your author career up to this point. You've sell direct in your website and okay. you've also had quite a few banned books. Maybe let's talk about this journey and talk about what got you to realize the importance of selling direct to readers. Because I know that's something you've been doing long before subscriptions. Yeah, so I started writing in, I think 2020, I can't remember. I started with InstaLove and then I started with Serials, Serial Romance. So every book ended on the cliff. And then I took a tiny break and then I started writing Dark Romance. And I was just trying to find what I actually like to write. And then that's how I got into writing forbidden romance, like taboo romance. And then I realized you can't sell that on Amazon. <laughs> so I was like, I have to sell it somewhere. So I chose my website. And at first I was very nervous because I am a KU author. I've been a KU author for about three years and everyone says KU author. readers do not like to go anywhere else to read. They don't buy books. They don't do this. I'm sorry, somebody's mowing the lawn if you can hear that. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so I started writing Taboo Romance and I released it on my website and everyone gobbled it up. And I released it on my first website. I have two websites. I have my Natalie Knight website, which is my author website. And then I actually have my shop. And so when I realized so many people were, so many readers were supporting me and buying off my website, I knew I had to get a different site. And so that's what led me to releasing more on my website now than I do on Amazon, like by mistake. <laughs> Fascinating. One, was there a moment where your books were actually, because I, I know you, you were writing 
themes that Amazon is not maybe very privy to would be a word for it. But were your books actually banned and then you scrambled to go direct or you were just like, I know this isn't for Amazon. I went direct first and I only okay. went direct first because I'm very good friends with Kay Webster. And Love she Kay. was talking me into selling direct. She's actually talking me into writing these taboo books. And she used to show me her numbers from her website and how it's just very good to have an extra stream of income and not to be so reliant on these retailers. And so I had my website redid and then I released the first book. So I didn't have to scramble. I just purposely released it on my website. I love it. And what did you use for the actual direct sales? I know you sell sign books, you sell some merchandise. You also have some really unique swag. Like you have a Tumblr. Am I right yeah. about that? that you can yeah, buy? I have. <laughs> I've never seen that. That's I cool. have a lot of different <laughs> things. So it's so weird because I enjoy writing taboo. So I had to create a whole new brand for these taboo books. But yeah, I have a lot of merch and I went to Shopify. So my regular website is Squarespace and they're not uh, really optimized to sell bundles and things that will get you a higher order value. So I went to Shopify. And so people buy tumblers, they buy shirts, they buy my bags, everything when they buy books. And it's wild. Sorry. You don't think of readers as buying tumblers you think of them just buying books but they buy everything it's really strange but i like it i like it yeah it's a win right you're able to generate more revenue you're able to have your fans be able to have something that they are enjoying they're obviously loving it but here's where i know authors who are looking at this and listening they're gonna be like okay this sounds great natalie it's awesome i understand you use shopify everyone knows about shopify by now but <laughs> how are you managing the store when it comes to fulfillment, when it comes to even designing merch, that's not easy. So let's start with the fulfillment aspect of things. I know you have some signed books. What is that like? So I used to sell signed books individually. So it's been like a learning curve. I, it's just me. So I buy the books. I can't use Amazon, of course, to print my books. I have to go through Lulu because they don't mind printing those type of books. So I used to sell them individually and it was just too much because I would try to wait until I got so many orders. And then I'm like, I don't want to send out these books two or three weeks later. So then I just saw myself always going to the post office all the time. So then I changed it and I do sell, I still sell signed books, but I sell them as a bundle. I do have signed books on my Natalie Knight website, but I don't really get a lot of traffic there anymore since I have my taboo shop. But on my taboo shop, I have um, signed paperback bundles and they have to buy the bundle to get the signed book. And that makes it easier for me because I don't get as many of those, but then I'm mailing all the books out at once versus them buying one book. Then they'll come back next week, <laughs> buy another book. That's so that awesome. makes it a little easier. I think signed books is just, it's just hard because you always have to mail them out yourself. There's no one to do that. But I do have unsigned books and those go through Lulu. I have that on my shop. So when someone buys an unsigned paperback, Lulu gets it and they print it and they ship it right to them. So that helps me a lot. Yeah, So that's big. They have a Shopify plugin as well, right? So that process yeah, is pretty simple. They do. That helps things out. That's very good to know. I like that you switch from like the individual paperback model to having bundles because that's the biggest thing I hear. Like, it sounds great. Oh, this one brought a paperback for $25, $20, whatever it is. And you make a lot of it when shipping costs only $4. When you're selling direct, you can make 10 plus dollars from a paperback. That sounds great. Except if every time you're going to the mail, to ship it that there's the gas back and forth depending on where you live the time 
Mm-hmm. That adds up. So knowing that you have streamlined that, I think is good advice for any author at any stage. But what I am curious about, because you were saying, okay, my KU fans, they are willing to buy my site. How did you get them there? Did Is this something that you have mentioned only in your newsletter, back of books, or are you now directing fans to your site instead of Amazon? Are you trying to discover new fans where you're running ads to your site or something like that? I'm curious how that direct sales <laughs> strategy fits in to the broader Natalie empire. I just told my newsletter about it actually with the very first book and they went to my website and they bought it. And that's just how it started. And I just kept writing another one. And what I do for promo, because I, <laughs> I actually can't run ads to my taboo shop on Facebook because they blocked it. Uh-huh the word taboo i know so i'm actually working with morgana probably have to set up like some sort of landing page but what i do is every time i release a taboo book i give free copies away in the big reader groups and that's for one how i get traffic a lot of readers see it and then i always have my magnet at the end of the book so that they could get the extended epilogue but then they give me their email address also have three different ways that they could sign up for my email on my website. So it's my newsletter that is my biggest help. Not so much as I've built my newsletter with buyers, with people who read and buy my books and then make, so that's how I do it because I can't run ads to my shop right now. So newsletter is a big help. And I feel authors, they should have a newsletter for one. They should have a newsletter, but they should make sure they have a newsletter that is filled with readers who have read and or bought their book because it will make transitioning to selling direct or it will make transitioning to creating a subscription much easier because they've already bought something from you. They've already recognized you and they like your work. If you have a newsletter built with freebie seekers, I know a bad word, or if you have a newsletter built with one of those newsletter builders, those aren't the readers that you want. Those aren't the readers that will spend money on you. And it's very difficult to identify your super fans if your list is so muddy. So that makes it easier. Oh my God. I think that's very important for people to hear. Like it, I always hear too, this sort of almost flexing, although I have 10,000 people on my mailing list or I have 20,000. <laughs> We've all heard it. And it's, yeah, cool. But how many of them are actually your readers? And I, by readers, exactly what you're saying. Who has bought from you? Who has supported you? And it's, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's the most common answer. And it's, oh, I understand not knowing because like in a real sense, and this from selling on retailers, you don't really know. You don't really know. Sell, you don't really know. So that is a huge benefit of anything like direct sales subscriptions is a form of direct sale, which we'll get into your membership soon. But that's very interesting. Now I'm curious though, because I know the natural question that people will ask here. And it's a question I have, which is, okay, you're telling me that the newsletter list is important and it is, and having a newsletter list of buyers, but how do I get a newsletter list of buyers if I don't have buyers and I can't run Facebook ads because I have tabarones and I can't put up an Amazon. Like you said, the Facebook group strategy, which is great. Is that, I know sometimes authors are like, that sometimes as simple as that, like just readers love your books and share them. Has it been that for you? Or what would be your advice to someone who's like in the same shoes as you trying to find that audience, get that list of buyers? Okay, so I, I think I have left something out. So last year I was in a author collab. So author collab is when a few bigger authors get together and they have this shared world of books. 
So it's my book, then another author, then another. So I was in that last year, but I knew exactly what to do. I knew I was going to get a lot of audience. I had, there were some pretty big insta-love authors in there. So I knew I was going to get a lot of audience. And so what I did was I actually redid my newsletter list. The first book I was, I think I was like the third book in that long series. I wrote a really good extended epilogue and that was the only thing in the back of my book. And I started collecting the readers. So I went from a list of 50 to a list of 3,000 once it was all done. So then after I did that, I created a series off that book that was in the collab to keep those readers reading what they already like. And then I slowly introduced the more taboo books. So then pretty much my newsletter cleaned itself out from people who didn't like that. Then I started bringing in my taboo readers. So my list is actually with Squarespace. I know it's so bad, but I segmented. So I have my Natalie Knight list, which is my main list, which is I think it's like maybe 3000 something. Then I have my taboo readers. And so together they're both buyers together. And also I did a lot of swaps. I did a lot of swaps with Kay Webster. I swapped with other authors that kind of write the same thing as me. And I still have that extended epilogue carrot at the back of my book. So for someone who's, I can't do that. I'm like, first you have to find your readers. You can't do this if you don't know who your readers are. You need to find your readers and you need to build your list because that's paramount. Because they're the ones who are going to buy from you off of Amazon or off of Apple Books. Yeah, that makes, it's great advice. That that was really helpful. And to me now, I'm just curious. I don't think I've, I'm sure that I've talked to authors, but I I haven't had them say, oh, I have my list on Squarespace. How is that? Because I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Convenience is a real thing. How is having your list on Squarespace? like it's, it? it's good. I used to be with Miller Lite. That was my very first list. And oh God, I feel so bad for those people because they probably wonder what happened to me. And the list is just out there in the air. And I'm not with Miller Lite anymore. And I don't know. I just wanted everything together. I knew I was yeah. going to sell. I started selling paperbacks on my Natalie Knight site first signed paperbacks and so I was like oh, I just want my list here just everything streamlined and it works out pretty well obviously they don't have everything that segmentations and all that that MailChimp and MailerLite have but for now it works for me but eventually I'll switch to there's a huge email provider there's a Shopify app starts with a K but Clavio yes that so I'll yeah. eventually keep that I'll eventually all my because I think they're called taboo readers I'll export them and put that in that list and then I'll keep my regular Natalie Knight list but it works great for me it has high deliverability which I always look at that and I there are some sites that I used to use that would make sure my deliverability stayed high. I forgot what it was called, but I worked on my newsletter for a long time. I nurture it. I I'm always emailing my subscribers. I talk to them like a friend. It's not so salesy all the time. And I think that also makes a huge difference, but wait, what was the question? (laughs) No, you're No, you're sharing. This is great. Having the convenience is very important. And I was asking too, because a lot of authors have used or do use MailerLite. And at the time they're having a price hike, which doesn't surprise me because people might not know this, but MailerLite got bought. They got acquired for roughly $70 million by Burcom in 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. You remember when it was like MailChimp was hiking the prices and the authors left from leave MailChimp, go to MailerLite. That same sort of thing's happening again 
because it's like, oh, Intuit bought MailChimp, it became more corporate, mm-hmm. more about let's make the profit. Same thing with MailLite. So anyway, I'm not suggesting you believe MailLite. I actually use MailLite myself. So <laughs> I, I'm just more observing. I know lots of people are thinking about this. So that was very helpful. Now, one last question I have about the mailing list, because you say nurture your readers. You say you talk to them like a friend, but I know one of the biggest problems, and I'm sure you feel this, is you have so much on your plate. Like you're managing a direct store, which you're making new product listings, you're changing prices, you're uploading to books on re- you have a business on retailers as well the books that are there then you have to write all the books which is a lot and manage the (laughs) the production of the books and it it can sometimes feel like there's this newsletter list thing i know it's important but what do i do on this newsletter list so walk me through what would be an example of an email that you would send to your fans that nurtures them i just sent one actually i think i sent it last week and i think the heading was the title of my book so that they know it's for me i never put headings that are because i want them to open it i never put headings that are like weird I just put like the title of the book or something and then I talked about how I do Pilates I was talking about that and then I've added some photos of I went to Dallas for InkersCon and I went to Knoxville to visit a friend so I'm a foodie so I added some pictures of that and then what else did I add in there? All my taboo books are on Goodreads because a lot of readers like to track and review books on Goodreads organize their shelf and then I got into more of the okay bye bye book <laughs> that's how yeah. I did it and I have some emails like that but for the most part you have to understand like, readers are also bit busy it's summer they have kids so I don't really like to clog up my newsletters and I also don't send them out unless I'm adding value to it so rather it be a cover reveal rather it be I have something new on my store I have a coupon I'm doing a trope reveal um, or I'm actually sharing another author's book maybe they have a sale maybe they have a new book but I try to send out emails emails that add value and emails that have books or products that they will actually read and or buy. Because if you start just sending emails out just willy-nilly, they'll start to unsubscribe because they get so many emails. Nobody needs more email. Nobody needs more of that. They want value with their email. And so that's what I try to provide. I always think about, okay, do I need to send this email out? Because if I really just want someone, if I really just want to make money, I will send a sales email from my shop. Those are just cut, dry, and pace here 30% off that's those are different because they're sales emails people signing up for my Natalie Knight email list usually come from the extended epilogue and then I have newsletter subscribers on my shop where they come from they signed up because I gave them a coupon so then I'll send another email like hey use this coupon if yeah, you yeah, already yeah. didn't use it so it's like that and I always tell people a good resource is Newsletter Ninja that book very good source and I think this Inkers I think Inkers Khan has a newsletter segment this year and then I think 20 Books Vegas every year they have some a presentation on newsletters because it is it's very difficult. Some people just don't know what to put in a newsletter. They don't know how to talk to their readers. But I also think really knowing who your readers are makes like a whole difference in how you even create those newsletters and what you say in them. It's great advice. And without a doubt, <laughs> I agree completely. But now I'm thinking, so you have in some of the emails, you maybe send a sales email from your shop, maybe in some of the emails to your Natalie Nightlist, which are not not shop buyers yet. Maybe you'll maybe mention your books. And of course, now a lot of authors 
they'll be starting their subscription and it'll be one of their first kind of moves doing anything off of a retailer or off of a platform that they don't know. Now you made a move into subscriptions while you already had a la carte sales, a la carte merch set up. And I want to ask one, what sparked that move into subscriptions? And two, I know this is a question a lot of people feel, which is how do you make sure that you don't cannibalize the direct sales with subscriptions? How do you make that distinct? For a lot of people, that's tough to wrap your mind around. So I'm curious how you think about that and then what got you to start it? I started subscription. Actually, Kay Webster has a subscription course that I took, I think, last winter. And she's always had some sort of subscription. I've always known about it. I think I joined it once. Um, but I just thought it was really cool to have extra stream of income, to have income where you don't always have to release a book every yeah. single month or something. But my membership, I give them an, an exclusive story that they can't get anywhere else. And that's mm. why they, and it's taboo too. So that's also an incentive. And when I first wrote it out, I got so many emails and I get it. Where can I get it? Is there anywhere else I can get it? I said, no, you can only get it here. There's nowhere else you can get it. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, sorry, I can't. There's no way I could never sell those books anywhere else because it would just undermine the membership. Like people pay to have those exclusive books. So of course I can't sell them anywhere else or have them anywhere else except for on the membership. But yeah, I give them exclusive stories and they have non-safe for work artwork as the cover and quarterly they will get the paperback to that to all the stories so every three months they'll get a paperback and they'll have all the artwork in it and stuff that's pretty much nope. what i do <laughs> that's awesome and when you say stories short stories how long these yes stories? short stories not they're okay. like 10 they're under 10k so 6 to 10k so okay. for, for those in romance, those who write, romance is so difficult because there's so many different subgenres of romance and so many different ways how authors write romance. My romance is just pure smut. So for me to write a 10K story of pure smut, it's easy. It doesn't take a lot of brain power and they're still good stories and people want them, but I, I can see the issue someone might have if they write stories with heart, with emotion, with a lot of detail and plot, people are short on time. So how are you gonna give them something exclusive? Which I think if someone couldn't write a whole extra story a month, definitely the serial option, giving people per month a few chapters, something like that. But you do need something exclusive, something different. And so yeah. that is different. It's not on my shop. So it's not like they can get it yeah. on my shop. It's totally, it's not on my shop at all. <laughs> And it's perfect for a recurring membership because it's that each story unfolds over time. You get then it bundled into the collection that they get every mm -hmm. quarter. And with all of this, so is it one tier? How many tiers yes, do you have? Because I, 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 just, yeah. I just have one tier. It's $9.99 a month or $89 a year. And I'm shocked how many people did the $89 a year. But I still have a lot of $9.99 a month. But yeah, it's just one tier because you get the exclusive story and you get, I think I have non-safe for work artwork gallery. And then I have, oh, they get early cover reveals and they also get special discounts to my actual store. So they get special nice. discounts to buy swag and to buy bundles and signed paperbacks and everything like that. And after three months, they get one free signed paperback of their choice. But to some readers, it's not enough as some have told me. But Real is when you say not enough, meaning they, they were like, oh, I don't want to join because this isn't enough, yeah. not enough value. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, I'm like, how do you feel about that? 
How do you feel about that when they say that? I'm always, I'm business minded. So I'm always respectful in their decisions, but yeah. I'm just like, okay, there's nothing I can do. I'm not going to lower the price. $9.99 mm. for an exclusive story that you can't get anywhere on top of me paying illustrators, paying my cover design. Like I don't cheap out on the membership. I do the same thing I do if I was releasing any other book. I have a professional cover. It's edited, all that stuff. So $9.99 is pretty cheap. And I'm just down the line, say maybe September, it'll be more books. So if someone new comes, they'll get the books that they didn't get before. So it adds on yeah. itself. But this is where the super fans come in because they won't mind that they're only getting one story or two stories because they know they'll get more every month. No, it makes total sense to me. And what's great about that, and you recognize that, is like the subscription isn't for everyone. It's not for all your fans. It's not supposed to be. But for the fans that it is, it's a great revenue stream for you. It's a great service, a great value for them, for the ones that are interested in it. So it's really great to hear. And I know that you just started this recently, like mm -hmm. relatively. How has it gone for you? How did the launch go? Has Do you think it's been worth it so far? Yeah, I, I, most people, they love it. They tell me they devoured the story right away. They can't wait for next month. They send me emails. When's the next story? And I'm like, after you pay. July 8th, that's the next story. <laughs> But I noticed that there are people, readers who will sign up and then cancel the same day because they read the story. And honestly, I'm like talking to my one author friend about it. And she's like, there's really nothing you could really do about it. She said that pretty much comes with the subscription territory, people signing up, reading something and canceling. But I've only had a few of those. And I think when I first launched, and that was like June 6th, I had about maybe 60 or 70 members and now I have 101 nice. wow. so, and I I lose one or two then I'll gain one or two right <laughs> but with time new people will come and then I don't think I want to add another tier now because I'm, I'm like you're getting a whole short story that can't be anywhere else I don't know what else I could possibly add I'll rather not over promise I like to under promise because yeah. it's just so much easier. Like the one thing that you're supposed to get is a story and I can do that. <laughs> Anything else is it's in the air or it's a bonus or it just might not happen, but I'll rather under promise and just deliver what I need than over promise. And then people cancel because I'm not fulfilling, you know, what I promised to them. So no, that makes total sense. And I think it's a very tough mindset to adopt because we always can trick ourselves into thinking we can promise more than is actually sustainable for ourselves. But mm -hmm. being aware of what works for you is key in this. And having over a hundred members after launch is that's awesome. You, you're crushing it. <laughs> Did you just mention it on your newsletter list in terms of the launch marketing? This is this is the question we always get. How did you market? Was this something that you posted everywhere or just in your newsletter list? Where did most of these fans come from? I think I mentioned it a few times in my newsletter and then I just launched it. And I'm delusional. I think <laughs> my author friends, they say, you are so overly, I know at Inker's Con, I think, I don't know who it was. I don't know who was talking. She asked, is anyone overly confident? And I'm like raising my hand. I am. I'm like, my readers love my stories. I didn't know how many subscribers I would get. I was hoping for 10, 10 at the very least. I was not expecting 60 or 70, but I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I knew I would get subscribers. I never go into anything thinking it won't work out. Cause it's like, why am I doing this? If I know it wouldn't work out, but that's just me. No, I think the confidence 
it's important to be confident that at a bare minimum that like the value you're providing your description, the benefits you have are worth it. And that's a very tough thing to believe, but like you have to, as an author, believe my work is valuable. My stories are valuable to then mm -hmm. have your readers value it too. It's just, it's one of those things. And you definitely feel that and your readers clearly feel that too, which is awesome. And when it comes to actually how you've done your description, I know that you've done it in a unique way. A lot of times authors use subscription platforms, but you have done it on your own website. Talk to me about how that's been, why you made that decision, how the experience has been. I chose that decision because all my readers are familiar with my website. So I'm like, instead of having them go to a new platform that they never probably heard before or they never utilized themselves, I just wanted to just stick it on my website. And plus Squarespace, they've been bothering all their subscribers or people who have websites with them to use their new membership feature. So I'm like, I already pay for my commerce store here. I pay for two commerce stores actually. So let me get my money's worth. So my commerce store has the membership function. So I, I tried it out and I'm like, okay, then you, you name it, then you get your payment set up. And then when they pay, they have a login and then it goes to the page. And then it's just one long page. So it'll have welcome to the forbidden, that's what it's called, <laughs> the forbidden pages. Then it has the non-safe for work art gallery. Then it'll have June's book. Then it'll have a link to book funnel so they could download it. Then it'll have the covers for July, August, and September's book. And then in there, there'll be more gaps for like sneak peek coming soon for a book that I'm working on. So they could see everything that's coming but they can only click on one thing for that month. But that's pretty much like how it worked out. And it's fine for now, but I think next year I will try room. I have to do it next year because people already paid for their yearly <laughs> subscription. So I will switch next year because I'm keeping up with your, in your group and you're really, you have a lot of interesting things that my readers would probably like. And I want to do cereal. So I want to do something that I could plan and have it auto release because I forget all the time. But on my site now, it's okay. It's it's doable. I wanted to try it out. So I think that's great. No, I love that you are trying it out on your own site. And also many people listening to the podcast know, yes, we did create Ream and we love Ream. It's a subscription platform for fiction authors, but that's not at all. Like I want you to be happy where you're at and we're just honored you'd consider it. We keep trying to make life better for readers and fiction authors every day. But at the same time, I think it's important that we have a conversation about all the platforms that exist, all the different options. So as a CUNY, like you were saying earlier, for you, writing 6K words to 10K words is a bonus short story in a, in a month and having that be your subscriber benefit, that's sustainable for you. That makes sense for you. Whereas other authors, like you said, the early access might make more sense for them. We all have different needs, different readers, and I'm, I never feel like you have to, no one has to feel like you have to be on Reem to make me happy. I'm just happy you're succeeding. And we're just so grateful to have your insights and all learn together because we're all coming up on this, trying to learn about ultimately, like you said about subscriptions, it's very nice to have a monthly income stream that's there. And that mm -hmm. is something that is relatively sustainable. And that isn't necessarily tied to you releasing a new book every single month. That's the promise of this. And it also is great for readers. It makes them closer to your work. And it's just, how do we do this? How do we navigate this? And you've done such an excellent job. And I think it's great to hear that you've made something work for you that I think you're the first person that we've had in this podcast that has went all in on a Squarespace subscription. So it's a great perspective 
for us mm -hmm. all to hear. But I am now curious, when you think about giving advice to other authors in terms of what you've learned so far from your launch month, is there anything that you would do? Because we're only one month in, but is there anything that you would do differently? Is there anything that you'd be like, oh, that worked well. You should think about doing that when you launch your subscription. Let me see. Do anything do differently? I think if I was telling somebody, if you're going to do a subscription, I think if you, because I, <laughs> I have one tier, but I do want another tier, but it would be a higher price tier. And I'm just, okay. The first thing I would say is choose whether you want either pick monthly or pick yearly, because those who pay for my subscription yearly, I don't get that income every month. I got it once. So if you truly want a recurring income, then definitely only allow monthly payments and not yearly because then you'll have half that already paid and then half that, you know, pay monthly. So that's the first thing I would tell someone is pick what type of monthly or payment you want to offer. Um, and then also, if you want to have more than one tier, roll them all out at the same time. Because then it gets tricky when you're trying to think, oh, I should do this higher tier. But then you have people who already paid $89. So how do you convince them to pay $45 when they already paid $89? So just have all your tiers ready. Have all your tiers ready. Because I literally have to probably wait till next year to roll out a different tier. Because then the pricing of the $9.99 tier will change. And yeah. it's a learning curve. <laughs> but I would just say, just do it. You can't learn unless you do it. You can't learn from not pushing it out there, not launching it. You have to launch your subscription or launch your website, whatever you want to do. And then you can learn from your mistakes, but you can't learn from anything if you're just sitting on it. It just just doesn't make any sense. So that's what I would say. I think that's tremendous advice and very interesting insights on the monthly and annual option. It's tough. It's very nice to have someone pay up front annually too. So I could see like the both sides of it being very interesting there. Now, I'm now curious for you when you look ahead in terms of you still have some books in KU, you're selling direct now, you have the subscription. What does your time look like on the average week, like where are you spending your time as an author? Because you have all these different pots that are connected, mm -hmm. but it's got to be a lot to keep up with. I work a full-time job. <laughs> You're, wait, you work a full-time job on top of this? Yeah, I work from home. So that Whoa. I don't, I'm supposed to be working from home and <laughs> I don't really do that much work. So hopefully nobody from my job sees this podcast. <laughs> 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 Nobody from my job sees this podcast ever in their life. <laughs> but yeah, I work a full-time job and I actually have help. I do. I, I have help. Okay. I don't know where this notion comes for authors. They have to be a one-man show. I am not. I have a shop manager and I have two PAs that do two different things for me. And I also have fans that help plot my books for me. So I, I tell mm. them the concepts because they read every single one of my books and then they'll plot it for me. So that takes like, it gives me back so much time because then all I have to do is write because they plotted it. So yes, yeah, so I have a shop manager and she knows how to run my shop. She knows how to add my books. She knows how to make changes. She knows how to reply to my emails. I have a graphics PA. And then I have another PA. I need to know what she does because I pay her. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what does she do? <laughs> and then I have my plotters. So yeah, I do have help. You can do it without help. And eventually I will, when I get to a point where I am selling, because I, I can't run ads to my shop because Facebook hates me. But eventually I'll get to a point where I will actually probably sign my books and then actually send them to a distribution center. 
that has an API that could plug into Shopify. So when someone buys a signed book, they will it, the distribution center will actually get it and mail it to them. But I have to be selling so many books a day, so many signed books a day for that. But yeah, it's doable. It is. Yeah, because yeah. then <laughs> if you're shipping a, a hundred at once for the next month, that shipping cost isn't actually that bad. If you're doing media mail in the U.S. to a distribution center, maybe it would add an extra 40, 50 cents per book, which isn't too bad. And then you ship it to them. So when you think about the time that you're saving, it's definitely worth it. That's a great thing to think about. No, I'm the fact you, I was like, sometimes I don't always ask authors, like, are you full-time or not? But I just assumed that you were full-time because of everything you're doing. And <laughs> I, but good for you that you're able to manage it. Do you have a plan to go full-time? Do you want it or do you want to juggle both? Because I totally understand wanting to juggle both. No, I don't want to continue working my job and I hope they never see this podcast. <laughs> I want to be a full-time author, but I'm just waiting so I get a little bit more books, backlist, got some, get some series finished because I know how to run ads to Amazon. That's not difficult. That's easy to do. But I also want to make sure I know how to run ads to my shop and how to get readers continuously buying. Because I know when I release a book, I make money, but I have to get to a point where I'm not releasing and I'm still making money on my shop as if I am releasing a book. So that's why I want to wait. Yeah. And since I work from home, there's no real rush <laughs> to quit <laughs> my day job. Yeah. So that's great. And I, I love that you're delegating responsibility. So many people, and, and this is tough, right? But if you're not making a full-time income as an author, or like you want to make full-time income, but you're not at the point where you are taking that full-time income, you're at a point where you're like, ah, like you could use the money, right? You could use the money. It would be nice to have in your pocket, but investing back into your business is important to save your sanity, to make you able to grow your revenue. And the fact that you did that in the form of being able to hire a shop manager, PAs, collaborating with your readers, that's very key and I think a really big takeaway for any author no matter what stage you're at as you make money from the business very crucially don't hire a shop manager when you're not making any money from your business <laughs> from your steps to it but I, you know, I, I'm not recommending you go out and hire a shop manager tomorrow it just randomly but as that income stream grows make it happen it very important and Fantastic advice. My, my last question is almost indulging me, but I, I have to ask about your merch, which is how has that gone and how is fulfillment for that? Are you doing print on demand for that? Are you filling it yourself? That's a question I know we get from authors all the time. So yeah, so my merch, my shirts are print on demand. I go through Printful. Yeah. And I know if any authors have ever went on Printful and they looked at pricing of a shirt and the profit, it's not that much if you price the shirt at a reasonable price. So what I do, and I'm probably going to sound bad, I hope my readers never listen to this podcast, but I price my merchandise, or at least my shirts, like really high. And then I offer a coupon like a discount, which will bring it down a little, but will still make sure I'm getting at least seven to $10 profit after they buy. So I'll probably price the shirt at $40, give them like a 20% or 25% discount and they'll take it. And then I still get a decent amount of profit. So that's what I do because Printful, if you leave the shirt at $1, your profit will be like a dollar. 
or two dollars. Yeah, yeah. So you can't yeah, really yeah. do that. And I don't have the space. I'm single. I don't have any kids, but I live with family. So I don't have the space to order a whole bunch of shirts in different sizes. And I don't have the time to press them and then mail them out. So I have to use Printful. But in the long run, that is something that I could possibly hire people to do for me. Buy shirts, press them, and then I could just mail them out. And I'll, I don't have to charge the shirts don't won't have to be so much. They could be like twenty dollars versus forty dollars. So yeah, but yeah, I usually it's a, <laughs> I guess usually it's a print run of like at least a hundred that you need to really start to get the economies of scale there. So print mm-hmm. on demand is a one of the only viable options for merchandise for for many authors who are not at that scale yet. Yeah, and then for my I have tote bags which I buy off nice. Etsy, and in it for now. Etsy works for me for a lot of things because my demand isn't so high. So I can buy 10 or 20 totes and I know they'll last me a while off Etsy. And then same thing with tumblers. I'll buy like a pack of 10 or 20 tumblers because I know that will last me a while because I know how many totes and tumblers I sell. So I won't go through 20 tumblers in a month. If I was going through 20 tumblers in a month, then I would have to do a bigger order 100 or something and I would have to go through one of the bigger companies but there are sellers on Etsy that sell in bulk small bulk and I just price accordingly so that makes making sure that I get profit because of course they're private sellers so one tumbler might be like 15 so then I'll sell that tumbler it'll be customized I'll sell that tumbler for 28 or the tote bag is customized and I think it's six I sell them for 14. So making sure I'm always keeping that profit. And I also add some of those things to bundles, but then I up the price of the bundle. So you got to do math. You got to do math. You got to make sure it seems like it's so much, but once you like start doing it and you just know how you need to price it to make sure you make profit. No, it's something that like the math, just math intimidates a lot of authors, but it's good to know that like, it's not like you're taking out any advanced calculus. Like it's relatively important, very important and relatively simple calculations of what is my profit margin going to be? How much total profit am I going to be making per item sold? And all the time we think, oh, on Amazon, I make two or $3 for a print book. That's great. But you don't really want to have a two or $3 profit on something like a $20 tumbler or a t-shirt when you're selling it direct in your site. You want to have, like you said, going for $10 is definitely a, a better place to be at. So it's okay. How are we going to get there? We got to adjust our pricing or we have to adjust what we're sourcing from. And oftentimes yeah. it's hard to, it'd be great if you could source a t-shirt for one penny, but that would be very problematic in many contexts. People deserve to get paid for the work they do and people help you in the work they do. So yeah, it all, like, it, it's, it's a math <laughs> equation. I, it's important. It, it's great, great to hear it. This, this was such an amazing conversation. I, I learned a lot. I know everyone listening learned a lot. And if people want to find out more about you, where can we go? If they want to find out more about me, they can go, well, gosh, I don't even know where they can go. They can go to my Natalie Knight romance website, or they can follow me on Instagram. I think my Instagram handle is author Natalie Knight. I'm also on Facebook as just Natalie Knight. And then if they want to know more about, or I think if there's any romance readers listening and they're thinking about writing more of that forbidden, you could Learn yeah. about my books at realtaboromance.com. Sorry. 
I never have to say them out loud, so I have to think about what I'm saying. You know what? It'll all be linked to the description as well. Okay. So that'll help out everyone. So everything linked to the description, definitely check out her shop. And I'm sure we have plenty of knowing, knowing the wonderful authors are Kenny. I know we have our group, our strong group of dark romance authors. In fact, we have a subgroup in the descriptions for authors Facebook group of dark romance authors. So if you're listening, Natalie Knight is here. <sighs> this is great. Thank you again so much for coming on. You're welcome. And that's it for this episode. I hope you all had an amazing time listening to it. Natalie is just such a positive, inspiring human being. And I just can't thank Natalie enough for coming on. So that's it for this podcast episode. If you haven't yet signed up for our mailing list, you definitely should. You'll get a free book all about subscriptions when you do. So you can find that link in the description. And you also, if you want to start your subscription, you should, you should think about reading. It's a subscription platform by fiction authors, for fiction authors, and it's the best place for you to have your description. Hope to see you all there. In the meantime, happy writing. Have a great rest of your day. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world. Oh, 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 oh